What's up, men? Welcome to the Mel Cartel Podcast. Let's get started. Do you think men are important? Like for what? <laughs> men are not meant to be dominant. Men are meant to be submissive. Life's too short to exercise. I'm just going to be honest. It's okay to be fat. Dispelling toxic masculinity and really redefining what it means to be a man. Men can cry. You so it's okay to be weak. Okay to be weak. I'm telling you right now, not everybody wants to see you win. You seem to be more woman than you are man. You don't have any manly quality. You uh, give them this message that it's okay to be a man. It's not okay. It's necessary. How are we going to do without men? You look around the city here, you see all these buildings go up. These men, they're doing impossible things. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Be a dangerous man. Being dangerous is not being a threat. They're two different things. You can't be a good man if you're not a dangerous man. You say one disrespectful thing to my wife. I am not only willing, but I am able to inflict great bodily damage. I'm going to do everything in my power to become a victor and not a victim. I can't explain it, but you better feel it. Winners win and losers lose. I can't explain it any better than that. I don't know how it happens, but winners win. And if you create a culture of losing, if you keep being a victim, if you keep letting losing happen to you, if you keep letting people do you and treat you any kind of way, it's gonna become a culture. What's the matter with you? There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Here's your host, Nick and Shane. What is up, Mel Cartel? This is Shane. And this is Nick. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Today's Valentine's Day. It is the Valentine's. It is the Valentine's. That's the time of love. That's right. I saw a video the other day where the guy was, they were trying to get him to say it right, and he kept uh-huh. saying Valentine's. <laughs> Dude, when I was a kid, I used to, I used to write it. It Valentine's. is Valentine's. That's, that's, that's what time it is. It's always what time. time it is. I'm so glad, Nick, Nicholas, you and I, we do it right, bro. That's right. And I don't know if, I know Nikki listens to this. She and does. So she knows. She can verify. She can blue check it one time for you. <laughs> To know that you are Rico Suave, which is Spanish for the Suave. (laughs) It just means that it's always time. You you just celebrated uh, Monday, uh, which is a few days ago, because obviously this is Valentine's. Uh, Wednesday, you celebrated your first date, man. 30 years. 30 years. We're old. That goes back to like middle school. So, I mean, we are literally not high school sweethearts, but... Middle school sweethearts. So, for so. our high school listeners, they're, they're, they're catching this podcast after this date. Yep. So, Valentine's is done. G- give, give them a tip, man. Give them a pro tip of how, how to approach. If you're, if we have any middle school listeners um, or any young high school listeners, what, what kind of tip do you give them to how to like spit game or have W Riz? Persistence. I mean, that's my story because I, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing if you, if I tell the whole story because I did ask her out. Uh initially she told me no her best friend and my best friend at the time were like boyfriend and girlfriend Uh, but i liked her before they started getting together anyway what's his name what's his name his name at the time uh i mean his at the time he changed changed his name okay we Uh, are like some gender issues in today's society so i'm not sure what she goes by now no (laughs) (laughs) his name is scott and her name was autumn 
And okay. then the fall. So Nikki and Autumn were <laughs> right. <laughs> Nikki and Autumn were uh, best friends. And uh, but I like Nikki bef- just before uh-huh. they had even gotten together. But I asked her to be my girlfriend, you know, like you do in middle uh-huh. school. Uh, we weren't going anywhere, so, so it wasn't yes like no. going out. George Strait. Uh, she said no because right. I had heard she liked this other guy. I will not say his name. I doubt he listens, but I got in trouble one time <laughs> in church. I was like, I'm not going to say his name, but I'll show you his picture. Well, he had gotten overweight, kind of balding. That's how you do it. There was a guy in the audience that I guess kind of resembled him. And, you know, people say uh, picture speaks a thousand words or whatever. He speaks a thousand pounds. Obviously, he thought that I was making fun (laughs) of him. I just thought it would be funny, you know, like in the world of podcasts and stuff. Like, I'm not going to say his name, but I'll show you his picture. Uh Well, it wasn't like a picture of when he was in middle school. It was a picture now. So okay. he had kind of, uh, that was years ago. So anyway, but this kid, uh, who will remain nameless, he he was the kid that like when he's playing sports, uh-huh. he would run to do a layup. But instead of a layup, you would think he was like throwing it across half court because yeah, that's yeah. the force in which he would do the layup and it would bounce all the way back half court. Uh, that was the guy that I was told she was interested in. Man. And so I was like, are you kidding me? Him? And so uh, we had a Valentine's banquet, Valentine's uh, banquet. At, it was a Christian school, so they didn't do dances and all that, but they did a Valentine's banquet. Uh-huh. And so uh, I actually was going with a friend, just as friends. Uh, I will have to post that picture because <laughs> my my clothes game was oh, wonderful. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go. <laughs> It, I, I just wore it was like it had red in it okay. it's like well, it was Valentine's no. would you have a red shirt red pants red hat on it's no, like, no, no, okay. no you'll have to see it okay but um, so anyway that day I got a box of chocolates and so I had one of the heart you know uh-huh. that had a little picture oh, on it yeah. so I wrote her a note one more time sent it with the box of chocolates and uh, she said yes and so Boom. Uh, we were girlfriend boyfriend till I think our friends broke up or something. We ended up breaking up, you know, middle school. And then I asked her out uh, my, I guess it was my senior year. It was five years later. So it'd be my 12th grade year. Uh-huh. She was in 11th grade, uh, asked her out five years to the day to, you know, and we've been together ever since three kids, man. Yep. So man, persistence. So uh lesson guys, uh, uh, if, if you're ladies and you listen and, and you're, you're, you're not married or, you know, if you got a boyfriend who cares, um, but like, cause you're not, you're not in a covenant relationship. So it really doesn't matter. Um, However, you should never date someone who can't make a layup. And so uh, if you can't That's make a layup, today's discussion. is it really? Oh, gosh, sports. I went ahead. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you got to make a layup, bro. It's yeah, so, you just stereotyped men and, and uh, give them the expectation that they should play sports. Shame yeah. on you, Shane. Yeah, you mean, yeah. I, and, and dude. Um, Matt, one-armed, one-winged Matt. Matt. I think <laughs> that's who it was. I think like if we were to have a picture of someone that would be it. That would be the guy she was interested in. She probably felt sorry for him. And she probably thought she could change him. Probably. Make him better. You yeah, know. You know how girls you know. do. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't give her a box of chocolates. So he was That's the right. he was well, the moron. Yeah, man, he was it. I mean you know, but Matt, if he make a one arm layup, you know, <laughs> he's he got a trick hip and his arm. So he'd probably make a bunch of layups on two K. So um 
Man, that's that's funny. Um, I I actually completely went blank on some stuff that I was going to talk about because I'm I'm not I'm just I'm really thinking about I'm picturing how it works at a Christian school, Valentine's dance or togetherness meeting, and there's no dancing. You know what what do you do at a Christian school? Do you there's no music being played unless it's like you worship read music the Bible. You're like reading songs, song, songs, song, song of songs. songs no, or, you're too young for that. Well, it yeah, depends yeah. on what what age you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's don't just, want to arouse the lusts because you're not married. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> you gotta I be still, careful. You know, I do think that's funny thing. If I if I was ever a um, uh, hold up, do y'all now dance in, in your church? Can you dance at your church? I don't. I don't govern people's behavior. Okay. Outside of the church, I can't do that. Um, I don't believe dancing is a sin. Uh, I mean, there are dances so that would you do a, I would not recommend for people to be doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. But I mean, if like people want to dance, they can. They can they dance. Can cut a rug and silt back. I mean, up. David danced naked, so I don't. I don't know. Just as long as you don't dance naked, we we straight. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you, you, I mean, unless my, you're married. Unless you're doing if the jitterbug. You doing the jitterbug? You know them old people. They do the. You ever see somebody that's like when I say old, that's not derogatory. Like I'm, I mean older, meaning like if you're there's a certain generation that's past Gen X that boomers. I've watched them boomers. Literally, I I've gone to weddings. And them dudes will cut up the floor. Mm-hmm. They do this jitterbug dance, and them hips are moving, and they're spinning around. And I'm like, them feet—they look like Usher in the Super Bowl. <laughs> they're, they're moving. Where do you so think fast. Usher learned it from? I know, dude. I'm like, I don't even got moves like that. They got moves like Jagger. They're—they got a trip hip, you know, trick hip is coming out the socket a little bit. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, you're like, dude, they're killing it, man. They're so killing it, and it's clean. Like literally, yeah. it is clean. And I go. Yeah, there ain't nothing wrong with that, man. It ain't nothing wrong with that. So yeah, there's some dances that I definitely would tell people were would uh, not be reflective of you know, you know our nature. But if you're married, everything should be uh, honorable within the marriage bed, within the privacy of a home. That's why some people say, "Oh, you shouldn't listen to that song. It's sinful. It's secular." And it's like, hey, in the context of marriage, if I want right. to play that song for my wife or uh, listen to it in context of my relationship with her. I think it's all good. So, yep. you know, I'm I'm not legalistic in that way. Uh, if couples want to dance appropriately, unless they're married inappropriately, uh-huh. they can do what they want. Um, hey, 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 did Tristan get a girlfriend? He did. He's taking her uh, to, on a date tonight. To Olive Garden? I'm no, supposed some nice steak frog? The frog restaurant place? in Thompson. I don't know the name of it. Are there restaurants in Thompson? They're thinking, the only thing like Chick-fil-A and Zaxby's. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right? Wendy's. It's Thompson, so I don't know how now, nice right. it is. Not throwing shade at Thompson, but I will say this: they had a like a, I guess it was like a hotel back when I used to live in Thompson, where and they had a buffet during the day. They had it like, and it was packed, dude, wow. and it was like amazing buffet, like amazing. We used to get there all the time, and then somehow it just closed its doors and all that. I think it didn't have people coming to the hotel. But they had an amazing buffet. I remember that was like that and had a chicken wing joint, a little hole in a wall that was absolutely outstanding. And uh, and then that's when I think of Thompson. I was like, man, they, the, those two places was the best and they both closed down. When I say the best, I mean like set apart. Yeah. Like chosen by the Lord type of set apart. <laughs> I don't know the name of the place, but tr- he reminds me of me. He's very intentional, 
persistent. And so he, Nikki said he called all day yesterday. I mean, even places like in Columbia, trying to find like a nice place to take her. And he was striking out because everybody was already booked up. And so he called this place and apparently someone uh, or a place had, uh, someone had just called and uh, canceled their yeah. reservation that they had. And so he was able to, to get in. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't know the name, but um, I'm taking Nikki to Columbia. Um, her favorite restaurant is Fazoli's. And so I'm taking her to Fazoli's and to uh, Trader Joe's because that's her favorite grocery store. And so um, that's what we're doing. You know her heart, bro, too well. Uh, we have youth tonight. It's Wednesday. So we just do youth. Yep. And that's it. And then uh, tomorrow, my Daisy turns 13. So I officially have an official 13 awesome. year old. She is five foot nine. Uh, at thir- at twelve, and so she and she looks much 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 older. She's extremely mature, um, but we're going to go out of town for two days. Nice uh, to Atlanta, uh, to Atlanta, and um, and so we're going nice. to do the aquarium, and then we're going to do the next day the the um, just you and her or the family, uh, my whole family, whole the whole, family. The, whole the, the the all three kids and, and the wife, and then we're staying at the Marriott, and because uh, I have Marriott points, yeah, so we big time in it, bro. Man, and fancy, they're gonna have to carve me when I come in, and so <laughs> <laughs> and so we uh, they have uh, valet parking. Um, this place, do it's thirty nine dollars for valet. That's the only thing I pay for is the valet, and then uh, we got do you free toss tickets. them the keys. I'm gonna toss them those Toyota keys. <laughs> that Toyota <laughs> van that needs a paint job. I say, here you go. Don't I put new tires on it just the other day, so they can take it out for a spin if they want to, like in the movies. Um, but they, uh, and we're going to do the zoo, uh, because we love animals. Yeah. So we, we members of the zoo in Columbia. Uh, and so we're going to do Atlanta zoo. We're going to do the aquarium. We got free tickets to, to, to the zoo. So we'll, we'll pay for the aquarium, obviously. And then, uh, we don't, because February is black history month and we do teach our kids that, and it's very important for me. Um, and so we're going to go to the MLK uh, museum okay. while we're in Atlanta, on Friday, and so I'll do. I a thought little... you were going to say the cyclorama. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to do that, uh, and so I'm going to teach them uh, Black History Month, and then uh, we'll go to uh, um, stop by where we're doing Black History. Stop by the uh, see the Stone Mountain, the Confederacy, yeah. and so we'll talk <laughs> about it some cyclorama. more. And I was like, bro, I, I literally was like, hold up, you know, we're 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 really going two sides of the spectrum here. <laughs> so I don't know how I'm going to spin that, but that was the wife's doing. So if you hear that, that has nothing to do with me. Um, and so it's going to be real funny. So, but uh, that's, I mean, literally that's what we're doing. And uh, it, it's funny, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Valentine's 30 years ago. Could you not? On this day. On this day, 30 years ago, uh, I gave some flowers to a girl that was uh, my girlfriend at the time. Nice. Two weeks deep. Never forget this. We, buddy Tim, the night before said, "Hey, you know tomorrow's Valentine's." I mean, I said, "Okay." He said, "You got to give her flowers, roses." I said, "Why do I have to give her flowers or roses?" He said, "Because they're going to call all the girls to the one by one towards last period, sixth period, and they're going to go to the office, and all her friends are going to get flowers." Because they delivered to the school back in those days, back in the 1900s. Oh, yeah. So those who li- <laughs> those who listening, just imagine a little house in the prairie days. And so, so I was like, I freaked out a little bit because I generally like this girl uh, from an attractive standpoint. She was not like the the what I normally would have dated type of girl, but 
she was um she was cool when she went to church that I went to and I was really trying to be like a a, a good guy, right? Morally and whatnot. And so I ended up uh so Tim grabbed the phone without any permission to me, called and ordered flowers. And so um I took my number and all that stuff and then I was kind of frozen. Sixty two dollars. Two wow. dozen roses. In those days that means in, inflation that's now. like yeah, now it probably a hundred and something dollars. So my uncle comes home and I remember working up to figure out I lived with my uncle at the time and I was working out the what I need to say to him and so I just kinda rolled it out that what's happened of Dayton. Man, he was very upset with me. And uh I think he was equally upset with me that I didn't think about this on my own, that Tim just had to do it for me. And he oh, was really yeah. upset that why why did why did I need two dozen roses? Isn't one dozen enough? And so I think he thought that I had, I should have more riz or game than that. You know, like, listen, son, you know, if she, if you really are all that, that you think you are, you, you probably only need one rose. You don't need, you don't need two dozen. <laughs> right. You only need 24. You're the gift. And so, exactly. But anyways, uh, so he did it. And so we worked out a deal because I, I did construction with him. And so he was like, Hey, I want you to wash my truck this week. And uh, you'll work one day next week and you're not going to get paid for it. This is payment. And I was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was very grateful at the time. Actually, he got the, the deal. He got the better, better end of the deal. So, because um, I worked all day long the following week, like on, on a Saturday, all day long, all day. And like get paid by the hour. You start doing the math. while you When you're working, you're going, hold up. Something ain't right about this. And so, short story long, she got the roses. Everything is 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 money. Everything is cool. And then that, that night on Valentine's, she called me up right after school and she broke up with me. No. Yes, dude. Yes, dude. 100 million percent. True. True story. 100 million on percent. On Valentine's. On Valentine's. On Valentine's, about, it was like four something afternoon. She called me and broke up with me on Valentine's. Did you get the wrong color? No. You Did know Tim what? put the wrong name no. on the card? She went home with the roses. Her mom was jealous. was was div- already was divorced. She actually had them when they when she was like fifteen, and so she had this this thing against guys who were a little bit older. And so I was like three years older than her. She was like I guess I was nineteen or eight. No, 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 no I wasn't that old. I guess she, I, I was three grades, three grades. I was a, I was a junior and she was a, no, she was a sophomore and I was a senior. Okay, so she. Her mom just thought she had heard through another source, and I knew that they knew that I had baggage because the year before I got in a big gang-related fight at the school and I had a bad rap fighting and and I was older and I was partying and all this stuff and you know then it was the truth. I mean, I'd feel the same way. And so when your daughter comes home and she her mom didn't really know that I was dating, she kind of knew that I was she knew uh, I was interested. Yeah. And then brought the flowers home. Mom was like, oh, negative. And wind up, boom, put a, put a stop to it. Yep. Wow. Because she this other mom. waited. Listen, this other mom, though, it gets even better. This is like the days of your lives type of thing, you know? <laughs> this is like a Grey's Anatomy, but without the medical. <laughs> and so, and so, which I do not watch. Um, and um, I just hear it and see memes. And so she, um, so another mom who wanted this to happen and kid you not, two days later, so this happened, this was on a Tuesday, by Thursday, after youth on Wednesday night, Thursday, I catch word, Thursday afternoon, okay, 
So two days later, after I spent $62, two days later, she was now dating this other guy because uh, that mom has done a flipperoo. And then that son was kind of like Matt, was kind of like your, your friend, the, the, the boy, the unnamed, that, the unnamed guy, kind of like that. And so the mom did a switcheroo in the church. And so church was always against me, dude. So like they flipped the flipperoo. But I always remember 30 years ago on this day is when it got flipped a root. What was so, his name? I'm not going to say his name. He's actually, sh- he's actually a pastor. He's Uh-oh. not locally though. Okay. I was so going to see he's if he's changed. He's a good dude now. He's a good okay. dude. He was a good, he was a, he was a good dude. I was then. hoping he maybe ended up in prison or he was could make a layup though. He Jeffrey Epstein could make a layup or something. He could make a layup like the ultimate, like gotcha mom. Gotcha mom. I'm a pastor and he's on Jeffrey Epstein's list or something like that. So it wasn't 30 years ago. Yeah. I guess it was 30 years. I'm 16. No, I'm 46. So 16. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, wow. 30 years ago. I thought I did my numbers right this morning. So once you get past a certain time, yeah, you just lose track of it. So guys, don't go get no flowers. It's no. overrated. Buy her some seeds. Until we sow in seeds, you reap what you sow. <laughs> right. you know, give her a biblical lesson. Hey, we're going to plant these seeds. If they grow, then maybe our love can grow right. with it. Yes. But until then, I'm not spending a bunch of money. And they will, they will, they, and these seeds will produce a garden of nothing but love. <laughs> and every petal represents my love for you. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I've bought gifts for girlfriends for birthdays and uh-huh. Christmas, and then you end up breaking up. And yep. yeah, I'd give it some time. Do something nice, but. Don't be going going to spend a ton of money. I was trying to look at producer Carell. I thought he was taking notes over there from me and you scribbling. He's probably he probably could give us some. I mean, he he is a little bit older than us, so he could probably be like, guys, you just cocked his head sideways. They can't see it on the TV. Yeah, but he went like he had that that thing like you know how I do. Hey, there was a video (laughs) speaking of producer Carell, and I showed it to him this morning, and it was um, there's a an account on Instagram called like men being heroes or something like that. And so it was a security camera footage of a high school and all these friends are sitting around and this one kid starts to uh, choke and the guy sitting next to him at the end of the table just like stands up, throws his hands up and walks off (laughs) while the guy sitting across from him has to get up and go over and do the Heimlich Heimlich, uh-huh. whatever that's called, uh, maneuver to uh, help him. The other guys at the table are just sitting there. They don't like move. They don't help him. But Carell's always talked about being kind of woozy from blood. And I'm like, so if I ever got stabbed or shot or I'm bleeding out, you're not going to help me. He's like, I probably would pass out. And so I showed it to him. I was like, look, this would be you, the guy in the hoodie who got up, threw his hands up and walked off. And he's like, I wouldn't even be able to throw my hands up and walk off because I'd probably passed out. You know, I was like, if I was bleeding, not choking, Uh I was like, that'd probably be you. You would just get up and walk off and leave me to bleed out. He's like, nope, I couldn't even walk off. I (laughs) I already have passed out. You know what you would do? I see it pictured right now. Movie playing in my head. Nicholas is bleeding out. He looks over, asks for help. Producer Carell looks at him, passes out, hits his head on the concrete floor. Nicholas takes off his belt, makes a tourniquet, leans over. And saves Carell. And saves Carell. Like, <laughs> That's hope exactly what's going to happen. If I'm bleeding, I hope it's like a like a like one of the veins that squirts and it <laughs> so at least gets you on can, him. Get on his I hope it at least sprays <laughs> like on squir- him. 
<laughs> that I'll aim it at him and be like, Corel, help, I'm bleeding. And he's just spraying it in his face. <laughs> Sprays in his mouth. He's like, ah. <laughs> He went to yeah. open his mouth. He just say, I can't come. And then he just squirts. He passes out. He starts choking. At least it'd be worth passing out over then. That, that would make would, sense. Man. That would make complete sense, yeah. bro. I would hate for him just to look at blood and pass out. I want, him yeah, to, I want people to look at him and be like, well, that makes sense. Because, I mean, he got blood all in his mouth and on his face. Well, at least get on his face and they think he's injured. You know? Right. They, <laughs> they think, think he's dying. <laughs> they won't know if he got shot or, you know, he's the wounded one. Uh-huh. They'll like ignore me. I'll have to make my own tourniquet because they'll right. go turn their attention to him and like, be like, man, I think he got shot. Man down, man down. <laughs> Speaking of down, did you watch Super Bowl? Because there's a lot of disappointed people on Tuesday. No, uh, sorry, Monday. Did you I watch watched, Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. Who are you pulling for? The Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> so I entered, I entered the Super Bowl disappointed. I actually wanted to see the 49ers win. Yeah, me too. Uh, I like several guys on their team. They were kind of the fresh new team also, although they've been there, you know, just a couple of years ago or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, it's one of those like, okay, you know, you hate to see them lose, especially yeah. when they were leading. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, I was already disappointed <laughs> that That's my right. team wasn't there. That's so. right. Well, that, that was funny because after the game, my wife was all, she got, all in the game and uh, for whatever reason I think they just dis- they my family just really dislikes Patrick Mahomes because he whines a lot and we watched a couple games we watch a lot of professional football and obviously the Chiefs has been on local stations a lot uh, at least the ones that we have and so they've watched him just whine and like pout and stuff and we have a thing LeBron does the same thing you know so my kids are by nature I always say you know Patrick's don't whine is one of our values one of our things pillars and so they um and so, anyway, so they just naturally, so Dinah was rooting against Chiefs for that very reason. And then, um, and so at the end of the game, they're, everybody's destroyed in my house. And it, I was not destroyed. It didn't bother me at all. I said, you know, it'd be different. It, I promise you, if the Chicago Bears, which is my team, if they were in it, which we're a long ways from that, I would be very upset. Like, I would be emotionally drained if we were up by 10 and then they score, you know, basically, you know, or 25. Finish. Yeah. Up 25. <laughs> like the Falcons and Falcons is my number two team. So I Fal- Falcons is a little boy. So they're kind of tit for tat, to be honest. Um, they're like one, a one, one B. And so, but I've always been, I've been to way more Falcons game, but my cousin has seats. And so he, every year he always, he's, his name is Steven. So if you are listening, Steven, um, very grateful for you. And Steven's always been very gracious to give, amazing seats and yeah. he gets on the field and does all this other stuff and um and it just didn't work this year like i literally had something that come up on that sunday and I had to tell me at last minute like the week of i couldn't do it yeah man i was heartbroken because i really want to go to that game so um but yeah so i know um the 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 post that i put something on social media about kelsey what what's your thoughts on the kelsey interaction in the beginning you know, what, what, what do you, what do you think of that? Well, without knowing what was set, the, the visual is not good. And I agree with both sides. So, you know, you got the sides like that's uncalled for inappropriate hundred yeah. percent. I also agree with the people that go, we need great, give grace. We would hate for our, our, you know, issues or our bad, worst day to be broadcast to millions yeah. of people. Uh, and so I agree there as well. 
Um, I think it is appropriate to point out the inappropriateness of the behavior. You can only assume by the emotion that was being like, if you put a woman there uh-huh. and that man you know, put Kelsey, put Taylor Swift there or put it, put any other, what put his mom there, you would go. That's he's like angry, abusive, whatever. Like you would go. That's inappropriate just because it's his coach shouldn't be any different. So I don't think where a lot of people are like, well, we shouldn't point it out because grace. Yeah. Actually, you should point it out because there are young players coming up that need to be taught that that's not what you do. You that's respect right. your coach. Yeah. You give honor where honor is due. If you disagree, you disagree, you know, in a respectful way, um, go have a conversation and go, Hey coach. I mean, you can, you can be emphatic and you can be passionate, but that was not, I, I didn't see that as just passion. I saw it as anger yeah. because something happened. You weren't in and you thought you could do better. Uh, is what I take it as. Cause the announcer said something about him saying, you know, keep me in or something along those lines. But on, at the end of the day, um, I don't think we keep hounding and pounding on him and be yeah. like, you know, you, you're horrible of a person. You, you point out, hey, this isn't appropriate, and then you move on. Yeah. Um, but you, but you have to point it out because there are younger guys who are coming up that need to know that's wrong. That's right. Yo, I, I agree 100. Uh, percent My post was not didn't show the side of grace from that from the the grace side. I just believe that the graces should be for everybody. And I think that you, when you're more high profile, you, you gotta be on your P's and Q's. Right. Like you have to be, I have to be, we're not famous, you know, and we don't make $14 million a year either. So if I was $14 million deep, I promise you, I'd be on my P's and Q's. I'm making all that money, you know, and you will, people will notice your every move. So it just comes with the job description, just like it comes like your job as a pastor. So it just comes with the territory. It comes with us. And even now having a podcast that's does really well, there's a responsibility in that. Right. And so uh, same thing with like a surgeon, you know, if you're somebody's gonna work on, if your, if your wife had cancer and the surgeon's coming in, I don't want that dude doing something crazy. You know what I mean? So, because he's doing, I don't want him shaky hands. You know what I mean? Like right. I need him. He, this is his job. Um, but I agree hundred percent. There was an, something else that happened in the game that I was a hundred percent okay with that nobody pointed out. Uh, well, I guess they did point it out because it was on the X or the Twitter was the scene where Mahomes is walking down with rice. Uh, rice is the wide receiver. He's a rookie and he was open on a, uh, I think it was a, um, a, um, a post pattern. Um, maybe it was a, maybe it was a, a cross, but he, um, he was open. They threw it to Kelsey, and uh, it was short. And they, they had a loss, not a loss down, but it was time for the punt the ball. And Rice was very upset because he was was, was wound up being open for that moment. But he was, but but Mahomes was running to the left. Um, and so when you run to the left, there's the 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 O line still stays in a pocket. He rolls out the pocket. The pocket kind of shifts you know, caddy cornered in, in a way. And it doesn't really work that way on the field, but it's sort of like that. So it's hard for you to see across the field right. in the middle of the field at hard that point. Hard to throw across your body too. Yeah. And like he probably could throw it because he's Patrick Mahomes. Sure. But you can't really see it. So you don't shit. Well, he got, he was upset. Invisible upset. And then all you see is Patrick Mahomes, which I thought this was like awesome. This is what you want from your quarterback. He is like being like going at him all down the sideline. I mean, literally, they, he's walking with them and just going. And then at that point, Rice is like over it, and he's just chewing them out. 
The reason he was doing that more than likely, just from an athletic standpoint, he was doing it because it's like, bro, quit your whining. I can't see everything. Right. We're, we're in a game. You got to stay locked in. Don't put your head down. Stay in the game. There's means everybody's open at some point. We just mm-hmm. miss it. Just what are you doing? Because he was pitching a fit. And it's like, bro, we still got a lot of game. You got to stay locked in. Right. I love that from the quarterback. Like, what I didn't like is when the head coach gets bumped. I didn't care about even the yelling in the face. That didn't bother me, but it was the bump. Yeah. When he came up and bumped up against him. I'm like, this dude's like in his 60s. And I was like, oh gosh, that's a bad, bad look. So young young athletes today, they mimic everything. Right. Everything is mimicked. Basketball, football. Every time somebody shoots a three, now they throw up the three. They turn them upside down, and every player do it. I was at a, a region tournament in uh, North Oconee High School last night, speaking to the team. Beginning of a region play, they had a first round bye, and I watched it. I don't know, almost every time somebody shot a three, they threw them up, turned it up inside, did this thing. When they got a, a tough basket underneath it, hands went low to do you ain't big, and all because NBA does right. it. Everything's yeah. a mimic. And uh, and somebody who's been on the sidelines and then on the bench, we you just go, man, just play the sport. Don't right. mimic people who have bad behavior, you know. But people don't mimic Larry Fitzgerald when he scored a touchdown. He just hands the ball. Mm-hmm. Boom. Let's get to the next play. Yeah. It's like you got to celebrate, do something unsportsmanlike, and you're like, oh, just stay in the game. I love it when teams are like way down, and then the team that's way down – somebody a player does something and then they want to like yeah i mean there's it happens all the time and then they'll want to do some you know kind of taunting type play Uh it's like dude just i I would just i just get back to the line and just play the next down because you're down by a lot Uh there's no need to be showing off you know that if you're if you're a man you're listening you and i think of nick i think of sometimes when um you know, we can fail in our marriages or even with our children and we're absentee and we make all these mistakes for for maybe a year or even six months or a year and we're like all this stuff and then we we finally get it right. Once. We, get, we have a mind once and we expect, <laughs> we think everybody should forget it. You know, oh, we yeah. think we're like, oh, you should forget it and you're like, well, you, I've cleaned my act up, you know, now and it's like, man, you didn't, you did all this damage or you like there's all this time and you got to like earn that back, right. you know, that's so guys, right. you hear that. That's like when you're down by 30 and you finally get a first down and you're like, first damn, let's right. go. You know, right. bro, just, just cry. Just keep chipping away at it. Just keep playing. Keep well, playing. that's what I, I would see that when I managed a substance abuse program, guys been addicted to drugs and alcohol, stealing from their family lying, betraying them, all that for 15, 20, 30 years. Yeah. And then they, go about three months in the program doing well and they're upset because their family won't come visit them or won't return their phone calls and they're just like I mean I've been in here three months and it's like how long did you do yeah. this and do that and do this Man. you you burned so many bridges uh, you know they're not it, it makes sense they can forgive you immediately but you got to rebuild trust yeah and that goes back to the Kelsey thing like you can give grace um, not keep beating him up you you, you know we've made our People have made their point about him or whatever, but he can regain respect by coming out and going, hey, I was completely wrong, but he made a joke about it saying, oh, well, I'm not going to talk about that. I was telling him how much I loved him. Yeah. No, you weren't. And so, you know, you could come out and go, that that was inappropriate of me. Um, You know, I was heated, shouldn't have bumped him. And I want to let all these young players know 
don't do that. Uh-huh. I was wrong. You know, that would gain a lot more respect. You know, you can give oh, grace, yeah. but you don't have to give respect to that uh-huh. individual um, if they've not earned it. And so he's lost a lot of respect. You know, we don't have to beat him up, but at the same time, you know, he's, oh, yeah. he's got some work to do if he wants people's respect from, Dude. from here on out. Bro, I mean, that was substance abuse. That was money. And 100% you're right. I think it wouldn't be a big deal if he would have just owned up, but he brushed off it was like nothing. Remember the Richard Sherman thing where he berated the the the, the announcer years yeah. and years ago, and he just he said that it was like justified. He never came, and then they just beat him up for a few weeks. That's generally how it happens when you do something. Uh, you know, we would we'd say not of good character. You got about two weeks, and then it's all forgotten. Yeah, then it just moves on to the next thing. You know, and then no one will. will it become like some laughing joke. Or not even taken very seriously. It just lose. It gets diluted because in four weeks from now we have free agency in the NFL, right? And so all eyes are on that. A month from that we have the NFL draft, and yeah. that's all. You know, so everything's going to shift. Yeah. Narrative shifts. Everything's everything fact, changes in a week. It it'll move yep. on to something else. Well, do you, you want to break it down? Yeah, move you on? want. How, how do you want to handle this? You want to read the first one? I answer it. I read the first one. You answer it. Yep. Um, I got it pulled up if you want me to read it's it. It's on seven? Eight. Eight. We're Sorry. skipping seven because seven was about the finances. We already kind of talked about right, that. I, I'll read it to you. You started off. Great. Eight. Because you got something for this? I've yeah. I've looked through it, so. Uh-huh. All right, here we go. Be off my or do, head. Or do you want to you wanna read it and then me, me go for it? Go ahead. We'll both. We'll both. We'll both. Oh, tackle. Okay. All right. I'll read it. Um, number eight, it says sports as a lens of culture and masculinity. Uh, and that's the first time I've said that word correctly in a very long time. I'm just going to let you guys know my dyslexic self. Uh, sports have typically been the domain of men, not that women aren't wonderful athletes and fierce competitors. But it is inarguable that men on average have been faster, stronger, more powerful. Sports highlight so many positive aspects of traditional masculinity, strength, power, and after all, all wonderful qualities when used for good. Sports icons have historically been our heroes, and they are beautiful, golden boys idolized. But all sides of masculinity come out in the world of sports, bullying, power, struggles, homophobia, and sexual abuse. The difficulties of parenting or parentheses, or taking a paternity leave when you have a high-profile, high-paying job and people depend on you for their sport fix. The high incident of concussions in the NFL leads to discussions about mental health. Covering up of sexual abuse so that the sport heroes can keep playing affects everyone. And uh, what about men who simply have not interest, have not interest in sports, particularly competitive sports? Why must they feel ostracized? Shouldn't sports be an option for a fully realized life, but not a requirement? The com- conversation about men in sports ends up being a conversation about both the best and the worst of men and masculinity. What do you think? Well, we could probably make a whole episode just on this one art this one part of the article one there's a lot of assumptions being made here uh, i do agree that there are you know it's an inarguable uh, that men on average have been faster stronger more powerful than women um of course you know th- these are trained athletes not just grabbing any guy um and putting them up against yeah. a, a female athlete but even I think it's Serena Williams. Uh, you know, there's two Williams sisters. One of them said basically they they were talking about putting her up against like the top 
guy tennis, you know, top men's tennis uh, player at the time. And she was just like, no, it, it's not even the same. Uh, yeah. It's not even the same thing. And he would, he would destroy me like uh-huh. that. That's coming out of her own mouth. It's funny how people on the outside want to uh, project onto an organization like sports, whether it be tennis or football or whatever, and go, this is the way it should be, or this is what it projects. And um, it's just not true. And so I do agree that it does highlight many positive aspects of traditional masculinity, strength and power, um, which it says are wonderful qualities when used for good. However, um, it says, but all sides of masculinity come out in the world of sports. I disagree. Yeah, I believe that what they're set, what what they're pointing out is what you're seeing on the media. Yeah, because sports, when it's pro sports, college sports, they are. It, it is in the news. It is on the TV. You're just seeing these people. It's no different than Hollywood. I mean, look at the oh. sex scandals with Hollywood. Look at the scandals with Jeffrey Epstein's island. Look at the uh, scandals with politicians anybody that's in the public eye, you're going to see these things. Yeah. These things happen uh, in regular organizations all the time. Th- these things happen in business all the time. There's bullying, um, but it's also not just specific to men. There are women bullies. Um, uh-huh. And it actually, in one of the later things that we'll read, it actually talks about how men face uh, sexual assault and all these things that go unreported. Yet, they it's almost like they contradict themselves. They talk about sports bringing these things out of men, yet it's in all sports. I've seen female basketball players uh, bully other female basketball players and assault them and things like that. It's everywhere. Look at um, the swimming with some of the the female athletes and stuff. There have been some of these reports. So it's it's everywhere. Uh, And then... uh, you know, it talks about men who aren't interested in sports. Um, that's fine. Like nobody's saying guys have to, but what sports does is highlight those positive qualities of men. And there is a difference. Um, we're not talking about being disciplined and someone learning something like an instrument. I can't play something like a tuba or, you know, the piano that takes great discipline and practice. And so those things are wonderful. I think those help teach guys, whether it be an instrument um, or whether it be sports, it teaches them the value of being disciplined and being committed to something. At the same time, I think sports does help guys naturally. Uh, we're, we're naturally competitive. Yeah, uh, we, We've talked about that with the hierarchy. You know, girls play hopscotch because it's more communal and it's more social. We play sports that are like you know, baseball, wrestling, things that there's a winner and there's a loser. That's right. And and there's a strength against strength. There's skill against skill. And so that's just natural what guys gravitate towards. That doesn't mean it's every guy, but they guys are naturally competitive. So if a guy plays guitar, they may enter contest to be the best guitar player, the best vocalist. It's just how we're wired. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think we anybody is sitting there saying if you're a guy you got to play sports but i do believe sports brings out those natural competitive juices you've got to train you got to be strong you yeah. got to work out you know you got to work at your craft 
uh, you know, you got to go shoot a bunch of free throws if you want to be great at free throws. It just creates a, a discipline. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think they point out a few good things, but they make a lot of assumptions and they just attribute stuff to men that are yep. across all genders and it's in all organizations, not just sports. Uh, any mm-hmm. business, you'll find uh, those same behaviors from, you know, men and women. I think I agree 100 percent with you. I think that they just they're kind of all over the place. You see how the the article starts off and then it shifts gears into the struggles of homophobia and sexual abuse, the difficulties of parenting. We're not take so they're being an advocate for having paternity to leave, right? And then they go, uh, but when you have a high, but because if you have a high profile, high paying job, people will depend on you for their and they use it for their uh, sports fixed. And so, and I don't think it's like that. I, I don't think. I think you, I would disagree. I think that people understand if you have a baby, some a lot of times the men that don't 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 play the football game or they don't play basketball because they have a a child. Um, it just depends on what their marriage or their you know whatever their situation is like their relationship. And so, um, and I think everybody understands. Because you got a kid. If you're human, you have a, you have a complete. Right. But I think. I, I lean t- towards more people are understanding in that. I don't know people that if you have a baby, they go, I expect you to be at your job, regardless if you are a football player. I've never seen it being looked down, even, and I watch a lot of sports. So I think they're just assuming, like you said, assumption. And then it goes and says, um, the the concussions NFL leads to discussion about mental health. Uh, the high incidence of concussions. Well, yeah, you're playing football get hit in the head and then would would I say that they covered things up in the past yes I think the NFL has to own that which they're trying to own it and I also think there's a lot of guys we've watched a lot of reels I'm sure you have I know I have where guys said that they laugh about it and say that hey we didn't even tell anybody who had to come in because we're trying to get that that one stat or we're trying to you know, make a play we don't want to right. fight the game we love the game of football we don't want to let our team down and that's on you like and I I, I completely understand that I remember when I had the the point of embolism, um, you know, I was I was basically home, including the hospital, and I was home for a week. The next week, even though they said I couldn't go back to work for four weeks, I went back. And I, all I could do is get a half a day. And I remember our executive pastor at the time, he met me like in the church and he was like, Hey man, you just need to go home. I felt like I'm letting everybody down. Like I want to be there. Right. I don't want to be at home. And I remember being like, this is what I want to do. I remember going on a retreat and I had blood clots all on my legs and I was in a wheelchair. And that was right after COVID. And that bad deal with COVID. And they were saying, I can't go on that retreat. And I was like, this is the first time my daughter, who is in middle school, gets to go on an official youth retreat as a student. And I looked at our leader and I was and I said, I said, I don't want you to take that from me. Like I I'll do whatever I need to do, but I don't want to miss it. Even though if it was one of my, my guys who work underneath me or work with me, you know, and, and and on my team, I would discourage them from going. I really would not. I would say, you're not going to go. They'd have to convince me. Right. But if they told me, listen, I'm a man and I want to, and I need to go, I'm like, I can't argue, but yeah. you know, so I think there's got to be some ownership. The thing that, that, uh, and I think we could wrap this thing up, but it says, um, 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 what was it? Um, yeah. And what about men who simply have not interest I guess it meant to say no interest uh, in sports, particularly competitive sports. Why must they feel ostracized? Shouldn't sports be an option for a fully realized life, but not a requirement? Who's I don't I don't think who's that talking to? Because I'm a male, I'm a man. I don't know if they're a male, but like I can speak for uh, being in Georgia, and 
I've been a, a professional male for 46 years. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, you know, 46 and a half if we're counting that. So I have not ever made it a requirement. Matter of fact, my 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 two sons, um, we I have not ever pushed sports on them. Um, I just want them to do whatever they would want to do. Even though I love sports and I'm so heavily involved, I've never pushed. And last year they played baseball. We won the championship. Nice. They loved it. First year playing. So like I don't know how we're gonna exceed expectations we got to keep retire from here I know. well we did and so next thursday i began to be the head coach of their flag football team nice. for a recreation department looking for assistant coaches uh if you know anybody <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we uh you know we and and that's something that they wanted to do and uh i try to talk them out of it and my wife was one that was like hey i think it'd be good and they came and they want us to do it so we talked it all out but I don't push it on them. Yeah. And I'm grateful. I, I have so much joy when my son, uh, they take uh, guitar and, and piano lessons. I've always wanted to do music and I'm not, you know, I couldn't read music. I could barely even read, period, English. But I love sitting in a chair and I tell my son to play me something and he is phenomenal. And obviously he didn't get it from me. And he gets up there and he plays and I'm just like so overwhelmed, like proud of him. Yeah. Um, to play and I'm just like oh wow and my daughter plays as well and she does a great job and you go my daughter does ballet she was a phenomenal basketball player really good you're going like oh size height the motor she keeps evolving her skill easily college yeah because she'll have height to her advantage and then she has grit and she's got some of my DNA so like you're like she's she was good she won MVP her last year playing football I mean a basketball but she She's a ballet dancer, and I'm so proud to be a ballet dad. Yeah, and and so, but so I think to say that men push that, I I don't, I don't see that. So well, and I, and I'll point out before I read the next one, uh, you know where it says about the leave. Uh-huh. That's just your that's your that's a political thing that they're weaving into this. Yeah, of course they've they've got some agendas here, but you know that's basically comes down to do you have a belief that a private institution. It should be required to give so much leave to someone when a child is born. I know from some people I've talked to who's, whether it be the government, a government, government agency who, you know, it's like 12 weeks of leave, even if you're the, the dad, um, they're, especially guys are like, all right, I'm ready to go back now. Like, you know, that they, they want to be about their responsibilities and their duties and sometimes, like uh, um, um, the mom or you know the grandma, the mom of maybe the mom or whatever, a mom of even the dad may come in and you know come help with the child during the day and things like that. So there, it may not even be a necessary thing to have that paternity leave for the dad. But that that comes from a political agenda. Yeah. Um, but also talking about men making their own choices. Um, I work with a family in the chaplain work that I do. And the man uh, of this family, uh, there was a daughter, uh, two daughters and that worked at this company and uh, the wife. And he was in the hospital, not doing well, had some different issues. Um, his youngest daughter was getting married. Well, he wasn't missing that. He checked himself out of the hospital, had someone come pick him up, unbeknownst to the family, and went to the wedding. He's like, I'm not missing my daughter's wedding. Uh-huh. It cost him his life. Like he, he ended up not recovering after that. Uh, But I'm like, I can't, 
I mean, I'd be hard to blame him because yep. I'd do the same thing. Right. Like, right. It, okay, if, if I die, I die. But I'm not going to miss my daughter's, you know, if I'm that close to dying, uh-huh. that it takes, it, it is going to take my life to be there. Okay, then I'm I'm in worse shape than what I need to be anyway. So, so just just to say that real quick, what you just said, I think the difference between a a, a, a wife and, and a husband, or I say a, a mom and a dad in that room, that realm is that, and, and and this is what I think. So don't know if this is right or wrong, but this is what I think. That as a as a as the dad, you're you're from birth, you know, you're going to give her away. Right. You know the the and it, so now we we do say our our you know um, her mother and I that that's kind of the typical thing, but the dad we really feel that mm-hmm. with like I know I feel that because you're the you're her only man right you know you are and I think that the mom probably feels that way about the son you know so I, I'm right there with you dude and yeah, like, you're giving out. her to another man yeah man yeah. and they're and from this day forward he's responsible right. for her I mean this it goes down at this moment. You, you, this is when you you check out. It's like you're retiring. You know what I mean. You're not really retiring, but that responsibility. You're kind of like, yeah. It's now biblically this is on him, and you have to like back off. Man, that's tough, dude. I don't know how you reconcile that. I don't even want to think about it. My daughter turned thirteen tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll be here quicker, you know. Number nine: the young and the old, the strong and the weak. Men who are old and men who are young don't fit into the two biggest parameters of idealized masculinity. Older men are seen as weak and feeble, while younger men are not yet financially successful. But beyond age, there are other forms of societal defined weakness that keep men out of the traditional man box. If you're not able-bodied, Example, if you are disabled in some way, weakened by injury or disease or suffering from mental illness, you are told to man up and take it like a man. Or worse, you're uh, outwardly marginalized, shamed, bullied, rendered invisible, somehow excluded from the boys club. It may be reasons why body image problems are becoming increasingly in the realm of the masculine. A quest for perfection of the physical body is a way to prove strength and prove manhood. But is that the direction we really want to go? Granting men permission to be whatever they are, young, old, weak, strong, able, physical, physically challenged, happy, depressed, is not just part of manhood. It's a part of life in the 21st century. All right. There's a lot to unpack here. I, I'm just going to like just focus on a few things. Um, uh, older men are seen as weak and feeble, while younger men are not yet financially successful. I, I would say a lot of people do look at that as being... Uh, I think that b- there's a stat that went out that was talking about how uh, today in time, um, maybe I can pull it up real quick. Um, uh, I'll try to find it why, when you're talking. Um, I will be listening to you, though. But uh, <laughs> trying to find it, find it. Um, here it is. Uh, it, you know, only, uh, only 39% um, of 21-year-old men would working full-time in 20 20- 21. Wow. So 30, 30 uh, this is from um, a studied from the Pew research. Um, so and I remember just copy and pasting this, but it says only 39, 39% of 21 year old men were working full time in 2021 compared to 64% in 1980. So it's dropped drastically. We all know that um, only 25% are, were financially independent from their parents compared to in those days was 42%. Right. So, um, and there's other stuff too, but, um, so I would say, yeah, I mean, at large, I, I think that 
a lot of people, at least young people that I talk to, they when they're younger, they they think they're so they have this ideal. They want to live in this apartment and they want to have this and have that. And I think that that they have that. And then they go to college. If they do go to college, they have all this debt that they have to pay. And when back in the day, you didn't go to the, the college, you had a trade and you pay off debt and you worked and you know, you didn't try to want to work six hours per day. You, you didn't, you worked more like 10 hour shifts in a lot of ways just to get the job done. And, um, and you, you know, and I think that was a deal. So I think financially, yeah. And I do think that as a lot of older people, when they get to a certain age, they can be seen as like, well, they're, they're, they're a few years from retirement. So if they switch jobs, it's gonna be harder for somebody who's older to get a job. And that could be unfair. Um, I think uh, I know several men right now who have a hard time getting jobs because they are older and they're more than capable and their resume is like very long, but they're in their sixties and they don't want, but I'll say this about being older. I, I, I see more older men finishing out their days really amazing when they're older. I feel like they're giving more gusto than probably when they were younger and they're applying wisdom. They may not have like the energy level or something like that had before, but as far as quality um, and I would even say quantity just because they have learned a set of skills. So they can be a little more efficient and precise with their skills. I see men for at least for the kingdom do amazing things when they get to 60s that I only look at now at people who are older than me and I can speak to several men um, that now I look at them and I go, man, I, that's, that's what I want to be. If I'm they're they're, they're doing amazing things that yeah. are older. And so I don't look at them as being feeble or, Whatever, whatever. I do think that we, um, um, you know, look at people differently who are in good shape. And I think that we have this, we do look at natural because if somebody's in good shape, we know that they're disciplined and all that. And I think this here was really, it seems like the one, it could be many other agendas or many things that they're trying to like exploit, but it seems like they're given a license to just not care about yeah. like, the way that you look or anything, and you should be okay. You shouldn't see it as being, you know, if somebody was, you know, 150 pounds overweight, you should be okay with that because they're living their best life. Right. You know, you should not look at, look down to them and you're like, nah, man, I, I'm, you know, I'm not talking down. I'm actually talking up to them. Like, Hey, let's go, let's go. You know? So I don't know. I l- love to know your thoughts. Well, I think a lot is said in the very last paragraph, granting men permission to be whatever they are, young, old, weak, strong, able, uh, physically challenged, happy, depressed. Um, it's not just a part of manhood. It's a part of life in the 21st century. No, it's not. Uh, like we have a movement. When we talk about, you know, once again, there's a lot of stereotypes that they're projecting out. There's a lot of uh, opinions of what they think. Maybe they've heard some guys here or there say these things. Um, yes, there are some things that we system we see systematically like once you get a certain age, companies are looking at longevity, so it may be harder to get certain yeah. jobs. Um, but I know my grandpa in his 70s, pushing into 80s, uh, was building a house by himself. Yeah. He was going to night school. He was build, building an airplane in his basement. Like He was still applying himself. And I think that is probably the baseline. Are you applying yourself? Yeah. Um, we as followers of Jesus, you know, whatever you your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Um, whatever, you know, do your work as unto the Lord, um, whether you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to 
give cover for someone who is not doing their best, that's not do, putting forth um, their best effort, who's not living for the glory of God, and go, oh, you're depressed, that's okay, that's just who you are. Because there is clinical depression, I don't want to discount that, but there's also circumstantial depression. There's depression based on diet and things like that, that you kind of... Um, s- kind of calls yourself because you're not eating properly and things like that. Um, if you're overweight and you're not um, healthy and fit, there's going to be some depression. There's going to be, you're going to feel miserable. So yeah, I, I would never go, oh, you're just fine the way you are. But yes, when we see guys who are strong, physically fit, we do know that they're disciplined, that they are committed, that they are consistent. There's certain things it says about that person because you don't get that way just naturally. Yeah. It takes work and it takes work to maintain it. So it says a lot about a person. And so I think, you know, yes, there are going to be some elderly people who are maybe physically weak because they've wore their body out over years working. It's understandable. There are some who you would look at and see that they're feeble and weak and barely able to get around because of their own issue. They sit around, they, they don't, you know, they don't, they're not active, and so therefore their body wears out and decays, and they look weak and feeble. Um, but there's a lot of men and women who are physically fit. They go to the gym. They're in their 60s, their 70s. You know, I, I can point out a ton of them, yep. and yet they're applying themselves. And so I think a lot of this is opinion. I think a lot of it is their own stereotype but also it's the new movement where now some schools won't even fail kids. You know, you're oh, not bro. allowed to go, Hey, that's a, that's, that's wrong. That that's, that misses the mark. Um, you're not even allowed to call students up to a higher level. And so I'll never buy into that. I'll never just go, Oh, just be content where you're at. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to call you higher. That's the purpose of this podcast is we're calling men to a higher standard um, and to be the best that they can and to, to, to apply themselves. And that doesn't mean you're going to have the same muscle size as everyone else and density. Doesn't mean you're going to be as fast. Doesn't mean you're going to be as financially successful. But you apply yourself. Yep. You, you, you put forth every effort that you can, and then you leave the rest to God and, and be content that I have, I have given my all. Yep. And, and this is what God has seen fit for me to have. And so therefore, I'm going to be content with it. And, mm-hmm. and then you, you, you do that day after day, yep. um, but you always strive for the best. Yep. And if you're not striving for the best, I'm not going to be okay with that yep. at all. One thing you cannot coach, you can coach talent and ability and all the things. One thing you should not coach in any sport and even in life, energy effort. You right. should never coach that because that is between that's the in, in, in the individual. So you can try to motivate, but this can come back through, man. It's Desire. If That's they it, don't man. have the desire, sit, dude. Tristan's first basketball coach told the team at the end of the year. He said, "If if you're not having fun, if if you don't love the game to the point that you want to practice on your own, find something else that you love to do. But don't feel obligated to play basketball." Yeah. And and the worst kid on the team ended up. I, I watched him over the years. Became a very great player, fierce defensive player. Because he loved it, he couldn't even do a granny shot. Man, his first year, he couldn't even make, couldn't even get it to the rim. But he worked, he worked, he had the desire, and that is uh, what got him to be better. And because he had the desire, if he didn't have the desire, you could have him in basketball every year, 
Yep. And he's not gonna he's not gonna improve because he doesn't want to. Yep. So yep. Yeah. dude. All right, moving on. Number ten. Boom. Uh Nicholas brought the hammer. Um the last one. This um ten, it says men need to step up. So you're hearing this, men. You need to step up, and everyone needs to step up for men. The climate emergency <laughs> and the prison industrial complex. <laughs> climate change not only could destroy life as we know it, it already is destroying life as we know it. And when people are literally fighting for resources, waging out wars, men will be the ones on the battlefield. Shouldn't we figure it out before that? Question mark. Meanwhile, the prison system affects men dis proportionately and we don't talk about it nearly enough there is no shortage of questions does the prison system work to create people who are better humans than they were before when they went in how does a man change while inside are men and women give equal sentences for equal crimes what role does mental illness play in those who commit crimes and are imprisoned in prisons uh what about race what is it like for kids who have a parent in prison how difficult it is for guys who are trying to parent their children from prison. What impact is the school-to-prison pipeline having our nation boys? And how do we work towards better understanding how violence and aggression lead to the most horrific crimes so that we can prevent them from occurring? My breath. Here we goes. And answering the questions like this will bring about change, and change is needed to solve the social something impact of crime and punishment in the 21st century and its effect on men. We can, this is pretty quick. Right, you <laughs> I was already going to say it, dude. Go, I was already going to say this it. is quick. Well, I'll, I'll just say these two things. One, first of all, the, we could, we could discuss some of these things in other episodes. There's too many questions to even a- answer now. One, um, I challenge anyone who believes and, and is all climate change, you know, alarmist and all that, um, to go back to the 70s, look at all of the false predictions that were made over and over and over again. We shouldn't even be here. We should have to walk outside with a gas mask. There, like, There's all these predictions, and until you own up to that junk, don't talk to me about climate change today, global warming, and all that stuff. Um, I'm, I'm done with it. It's all a political agenda. Um, go on up to what was said in the 70s and the 80s and all that, and then let, then we'll have a baseline we can begin to talk the other with the prism uh, industrial complex, all that has nothing to do with manhood. You're throwing a personal agenda in here just because you want to talk about it. Um, there are uh, pr- certain statistics on who's in prison, whether it be uh, gender, whether it be race, whatever. Um, there are reasons for that. We don't have time in this episode to cover it, but I'll just say one of the solutions, if you want a solution um, well, first of all, if you've committed a crime, then I'm sorry if you end up in prison. Do the time. Do the time. I do believe that they could do a better job of helping reform people. There are great ministries that help uh, that are helping reform the yeah. prison s- systems like God Behind Bars. Um, great organization, great ministry. Yes, they could do a better job of helping people that don't have an education and things like that. But beyond that, um, uh, I, I'm... I can't apologize for people who have committed crime who end up in prison. Um, that happens. That's the, that's the case. But the solution to a lot of our problems is simply this: more fathers in homes. That's Bro, it, that, dude. I was gonna say the same thing. An intact home. Yeah. Um, fathers at home, intact home. You build up the family, and I think you we 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 see a lot of this destructive behavior decrease. 
Easy peasy. So easy. I, I think that, but there is an agenda. This is something they're pushing and we don't really know because we don't know who wrote technically wrote the article. But well, once um, again, some of these things when you're talking about what we talk about when we talk about men, and you start talking about climate change and racism, and that that's a human that, that's human stuff if it's an issue at all. So yep. number eleven, last one, raising boys today. Boys have unique challenges. In the past, the two ways of raising boys were to either dismiss bad behavior with "boys will be boys." or to admonish boys for showing signs of weakness, particularly emotional weakness, with the phrase, be a man. Where is the recognition that boys are complex creatures with a range of needs and that growing into a man is not a one-size-fits-all proposition? Whether you're raising boys as a parent, as an educator, or as a role model, or just care about boys today, there are few resources and agreed-upon methods. How can we teach boys to respect not only women, but also other boys and themselves. How do we help boys affect, affected by racism? Talk to boys about hashtag me too and sexual consent. And how do we have conversations with boys that let them know they can be victims of sexual assault, a seldom talked about topic? What about boys who are growing up outside the socially accepted gender spectrum, trans children, LGBTQ? Uh, what to do when boys are falling behind in school? Are boys being overdiagnosed with ADHD? How do we address violence and aggression? How do we prevent things like bullying and school shootings? Do boys who are being raised by single moms or by two gay dads need more support than boys in traditional households? If so, what does that look like? All right. So that's actually, I mean, you could see even with the 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 Me Too and some of the things that they're pushing in the last, the second paragraph. So there's only two paragraphs. The second paragraph is a very long paragraph. And then most of the sentences are just questions. Um, uh, they're they're pushing agenda. Obviously, we kind of know where they stand on a lot of these things that we are um, not. Uh, we don't stand with. I guess you could say, like a better term. The first paragraph, I would agree with. Um, I do think that in the past, I've noticed a lot of rambunctious kids and kids doing crazy things and parents just go back in the day so 23 years of we working with young people and you know uh, so that's at 10 years without having my own children in there and so you see stuff and you go oh my goodness and then the last 13 i've had a kid um and i have two boys too now and um and so uh, i think they used to dismiss that and they're just like oh it's just boys being boys not respecting their mom not respecting their dad and just breaking things and tearing stuff up and boys will be more rowdy. They're generally more uh, wired for adventure and things like that. And so they're going to do that. And, we, and it's our, our jobs as as men um, to 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 funnel that energy and to make it constructive, uh, teach them discipline, self control, and all those things. So I think there was a time where where they just dismissed. Um, and then there was a time where where and I I know this from my own experience that it was like suck it up, men don't cry, be a man, all that. And then which is simply not true. Um, it's not true at all. And so I think there was a time um, where it was like that. And I do agree the last sentence into a man is not a one size fits all. And and I, and I have two boys um, like you do. And, um, you know, um, 
I, I do this. We have the same values in our home. We 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 steer them in in the same way. Uh, where but how we ha- the same vein, I guess, or the highway. But how we get there is a little bit different. With because my youngest is more like his mom, and so he's a sweetheart kid. He's very optimistic. He's very caring. Um, but yet he's all boy, and he is like very uh, uh, nurturing. Nurturing. He loves animals, and he is just. Um, just uh he thinks about others more than themselves and um and in that rent like like if you look at my kids my sawyer would be more like tristan where he just tristan's very thoughtful very caring very persistent uh you mentioned persistent today like tristan's always been just a sweet kid i remember tristan had teddy bears and like he loves stuffed animals and um that that's correct right yeah he loves animals as a whole animals as a whole yeah and so tristan was always like that if you see Tristan, he looks like he's cut out of a country music magazine slash dirt bike, everything. And him, that boy, he can break stuff and he can fix stuff at the same time that he breaks. And I go, that's, to me, that's like a beautiful thing. And then uh, my Andrew, he is very much like me. I mean, almost almost carbon copy in every way. So he can pop off, ready to fight something. And then he has a sweetheart nature where he's wears his heart on his sleeve. You know, if he cares about you, you know that he cares about you. And then he can get his feelings hurt, man, and want to fight somebody. And like, that's just how he rolls. And so I got to like steer them, you know, d- differently in, in the same direction, you know, if that makes sense. Speak a different language. But you can see um, at the end, um, I, you know, I, I don't even know what to say when it says, do boys are being raised by single moms or by two gay dads need more support than boys in traditional households, you know? And, and, I, and I think, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I all I know is that uh, I do see and when I see children. To be honest with you, when I see children who uh, lack um, uh, parental involvement or the right structure to like thrive, my heart re- goes out to them, regardless of what their parents are. Whether it's a dad raising them, whether it's a dead me- deadbeat mom, and the dad's not in the equation, I do want to offer support. You know, and say like, how can I walk alongside of you? Um, if it was if it was two gay dads. Uh, if it's two, ga- two two women with a kid or two men with a kid, um, I, I don't know. But I know that I care about the child because God cares about them, and I care about the the, the people who live in that lifestyle because they're made in the image of, image of God, even though they're doing some things I disagree with. And I would, I'm still gonna be Mister Biblical, so I'm gonna like walk along with something like biblically as 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 um, as I can, and and I care about the kids. So do they need more support? You know. Um, I'd say, I'd say we all need support. But I mean, you—the best thing that you could ever do with with boys is—I mean, you've got to have a game plan. I think when you raise kids, when when a child's involved, a parent has—you have to have a game plan. You cannot be a free-range parent and just let your kids go off willy-nilly and experiment and think of their own. And you know, they can change their gender, but they can't even change their bedtime type of thing. You know, they. Right. You, 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 they need structure. You have to get have a game plan. Yeah. And I think too many people are just popping out babies, not having a game plan, and just be willy nilly. And then they just think the government about is going to fix it. So there's there's a lot of agenda to unpack. But um, I think I'm done, dude. On this one, I can I can get kind of hot with some of this stuff. But yeah, I'm not and, and, do and it, I'll but be real go. quick because it says how do we, and then it goes in a whole list of questions, yeah. such as talk about uh, Me Too, sexual consent, all those things. Uh, well, one, it's called parenting. Yeah. So how, how do we talk to our boys? It's called parenting. Yep. It's called we as parents 
have those conversations. Yep. We don't leave it up to the school system. Yep. We don't leave it up to the church. We don't leave yep. it up to the government. We don't leave it up to podcasts. We're here to uh, to help equip men and young men and to be a voice, but we're not the primary voice. Yep. So it starts in the home. It starts with dads, starts with moms. Um, and so we parent. Um, the, the other is where it says, uh, how do we talk about like sexual consent? Well, once again, we come up from... Uh, a Christian background foundation. Um, I don't have to worry about talking about sexual consent. Yeah, we talk about like uh, the the right things that sex is intended for marriage, um, the institution of marriage, and so that's the proper place. And so, yes, you have those appropriate conversations, um, and and that might be a part of that. But it's not sexual consent if you're teaching sex and marriage. Yep. Um, now, yes, even within marriage, it needs to be a mutual thing, um, and so th- those things are taught. But I'm not teaching sexual consent outside of that That's because right. I don't I shouldn't need to when I'm teaching, hey, marriage is intended I mean sex is intended within the confines of marriage um, because we won't glorify God in that way. And so uh, you know, how do we have those conversations? Once again, uh, we parent them. Um, where it says, once again, we've already covered the LGBTQ, the trans and all those those type things. Um, uh, I do believe there are some great resources out there that too many boys are being overdiagnosed with ADHD. I do agree with that because they are boys. We need to uh, understand that they learn different. They're going to act different in school. Doesn't mean that they need to be on medication. Um, My dad didn't use medication. Uh, A lot of people might have thought that I was ADHD. Uh, He did use a paddle um, that helped straighten (laughs) some of that out. So that worked. Um, How do we... uh, You got an amen over there, by by the way, for producer (laughs) Carell. Uh, do boys who are being raised by single moms or two gay dads? Um, I'll just say this once again. Um, one, on the surface, I'll say yes. Um, if you do not have a father figure and it's a single mom or if uh, it's in a situation because that's the world we live in where it's mm-hmm. two dads, um, yes, they need additional support uh, for this very reason. God designed marriage and the home to be a husband and a wife. And so if someone chooses a lifestyle different than what I believe, that that's the choice they're making. There, there, there will be accountability with God, not with me for that. But yes, we can see that. We can see that they need that, what comes naturally from a mom, what yeah. comes naturally from the woman to that child. That's why fatherless homes are huge statistics, whether it be crime, violence, or whatever, that is taking place because the father's not in the home. Yep. The, the influence that God has given the man is not present. And so therefore we're seeing the negative consequence. You're going to see the same thing. It doesn't matter that there's two people. Yep. You know, it's funny. It's like, well, God instituted the husband and the wife, but it should be okay if it's two, two dads or two moms because there's two. No. 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 So, so we're taking the, the framework, but we're then putting in our own kind of, you know, stuff within it. And it's like the framework is correct. And and so is the specifics of a dad and a mom. Yep. So yes, they, on the surface, they need extra support, but every child needs extra support. Um, I've said this oftentimes. I think I said it during our uh, thing that we did at the at Hope Church. Uh, um, I am grateful to have other trusted voices in my children's life. Because yep. as a parent, they're going to expect me to say certain things. They're going to expect me to stand for certain things. But when they go to shame, 
and yeah. they're frustrated with dad or whatever, and they want to talk to Shane, and Shane s- says the same thing I say because we have the same values, yep. then n- now it's like, well, well, maybe dad's not so wrong. <laughs> maybe dad's right. Yep, right. Or they right. won't may necessarily say that, but they'll at least listen to uh-huh. you or yep. to someone else because yep. they're hearing it from someone else. So we need other trusted voices, men and women, um, feeding into our children that when they don't listen to us, we know if they're talking to those people that they're getting sound, good advice. Yep. Um, and so there's a lot of questions there. Uh, and and I, I like that because um, the, it, these things do need to be discussed because it is being pushed on us as families, us, uh, our children, uh, us as men. And so I'm glad that there are a lot of things there with question marks because um, they want to discuss them from their viewpoint. And uh, we we want to discuss them from our viewpoint. That's right. We have an agenda. I mean, that's, that's right. the reason we have a, a podcast. Yep. We have an agenda, and we're not afraid to to share that agenda. That's right. And so I know we're running out of time. I did want to point out real quick before we like uh, exit um, the the fact that you did the Man Up Monday yes, with men, men of Valor. Uh, men of Valor. I I don't know the URL, but we'll put it in the show notes. Um, and the link to the, the the Bible say I thought it was well put together. I thought it was really good. Um, so if you are listening or watching on YouTube, please go to the show notes, click on that, and go watch that. Really well put together. But also check out Men of Valor uh, yep. Ministries. Uh, Eric and some of the men there uh, listen, and uh, they have shared our content before as well. They've got a, a conference coming up in August, and so it was great that you got to be a part of that. They yeah, do. It was awesome. Uh, my at a brand new computer. And so yeah, I hit a, you know, I would look at a note that I, that I had on the screen and then I had to zoom and I hadn't done a zoom since COVID. And so it would flip and I couldn't figure out what's happening. So I was like nervous with that and then nervous with the um, microphone because I got roasted last time from my mic. <laughs> and so the whole time, like I should have literally when, when I, when we logged on and it started flipping and I was, you know, doing my thing and then I was like giving them a thumbs up to make sure they could hear me. And I was going... In my head, I had the thought, I should have got Nick to do a trial run with the Zoom because he Nick would have done it with me. And I should have. Why didn't I just do a trial run so that I know how my computer's doing? Yeah. So I was in your Such, head. You were in my that. head right in that moment. And I was <laughs> like, man, I should have done. I should have. But anyways, I'm grateful to have the opportunity. It was an yeah. awesome experience. And so yeah, hopefully good guys there. Great guys. They love yeah, Jesus and uh, yeah. helping lead men as well. So we always want to kind of highlight other guys who are doing That's the right. same, uh, maybe in a different, uh, you know, different avenue, but we're in it together. And so That's we're right. grateful for them, right. grateful for the opportunities to be able to speak into men. So other than that, guys, that's all we got for you this yep. week. Uh, as we tell you every week, um, get 1% better every day. Yep. And if you like the content, share, um, you know how to do it, share. And if you have any questions, let us know what you think. We'd love to have some feedback and how to be better because we want to be better. Um, every single day. So that's all I got for you. That's all Nick does too, I'm sure. That's it. That's it. We out. See you next time. See you. Thank you for joining the Mel Cartel podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share to help other men join the cartel. You can also keep up with us on social media and at melcartel.com. <laughs>